Big Sloth. You want to tell me what happened down there? I take it being stabbed and frozen wasn't part of your plan. I'm a... I was a project leader at Crystal Lake Research. The subject was Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees? Notorious murderer? We executed him for the first time in 2008. For the first time? Mm-hmm. We tried everything. Electrocution, gas, firing squad. We even hung him once. Nothing worked. Finally, it was decided that if we couldn't terminate him, we could at least contain him. Cryogenic stasis. Freeze him till we could figure out what to do. Seems sensible. I thought so. But unfortunately, some people who were too smart for their own good felt that a creature that couldn't be killed was simply too valuable to just file away. In the end, it always comes down to money. Hello, everyone. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining. And uh, I think this seems like my catchphrase as much as you saying the tagline for the show is that we got a doozy for you this week. (laughs) I feel Uh, like I've said that more than a few times. Also, I feel like it's good that we're at the end of October because uh, that intro is just getting longer and longer. And at some point, it's just going to be like 20 minutes of the show is just adding. Just various horror movie stinger stuff. Yeah. Uh, eventually just be the Halloween piano soundtrack. and. But we'd have to so find many. a bad Halloween movie to watch, you know? Oh, I don't think... yeah. Jeez. And that's those don't exist. So, <laughs> uh, But no, so we did, you know, for this, so we obviously we've been doing, uh, you know, Halloween type movies all month, you know, scary October, spooky. Of spooky yeah. uh, and we wanted to end with a slasher film uh and you know so we we picked the one where jason Voorhees goes to space because i mean so far the only franchise that hasn't gone to space yet is fast and furious but that's next it's gonna happen Uh, and we're i will so enthusiastically talk about that on this show when it does here for it yeah um but yeah no this week we are talking about jason x which i think was also the 10th movie in the franchise but that gets a little fuzzy with how you calculate the varying friday the 13th movies well yeah and then there's like it because at some point the reason that it's called jason x and not friday the 13th is because there's two different studios involved and legally uh the one who made this one couldn't use they could use the character but not then Friday the 13th title. Yeah, because like, Paramount owned Friday the 13th, the title. But yeah. this was a New Line Cinema production. Uh, and they could use Jason. That's same same thing with Jason Goes to Hell, which was also discussed as a possibility for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Jason um, pretty much was ending up on this podcast, it seemed like. <laughs> it's kept coming back to him somehow. But yeah, uh, and that was, I would assume Freddy versus Jason is the same thing as well. Yeah, yeah I think that... that would also probably be the, cause I think that was also a new line cinema movie. Um, but yeah, so we're talking about Jason X and I don't know. I'm not a huge horror guy. Like I'm not like 
big on like I don't go out of my way to see the slasher movies the way some people are big horror fans. So this is my first time watching this movie. Oh, I I had seen it before years ago. Uh, but yeah, it, it's I'm not, I wouldn't even say I'm like a huge uh, slasher fan because I I also they got pretty boring at some point. Like I I will say weirdly, um, I am a big fan of. Uh, and this won't surprise you because you know me and you know how much I love Kane uh, from the WWE. But like, I am a sucker for large monster men and masks that have to do uh, like, you know, pantomiming performances. I know it's a very specific niche, uh, but I, I really, you know, and, and I kind of always credit that. I feel like Mike Myers really was the start of that. But like big lumbering guys who have to really dramatically sell a performance without using words big unstoppable killing machines yeah which uh i was very excited that the phrase unstoppable killing machine is used in this movie same so that's the silver lining we did it (laughs) so anyway uh enjoy your halloween everybody we'll be back in november (laughs) (laughs) um no i i was also thrilled when they said the phrase unstoppable killing machine because i know that all of our listeners once they found out that not only do we do Silver Linings Playback, but there's also other episodes of a podcast called uh, Hobo Radio that uh, we talk about some horror movie monsters and things like that. And <laughs> yeah. the phrase unstoppable killing machine comes up again and again. Uh, so I know that you guys understand how much we love the phrase unstoppable killing machine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I always do want to give a, a shout out because I, I think it is Nick Castle was uh, the guy who originally played, which he's not even credited. Like he's credited as like, uh, the shape in, uh, Halloween. Mm. But yeah. Uh, cause I, I do think that performance really set the tone, you know, Mike Myers in the original Halloween. Uh, cause obviously like, can we, can we all admit to ourselves that Jason Voorhees is essentially just a knockoff <laughs> of Mike Myers? Yeah. He, he is clearly, He's like the love child of Mike Myers and Leatherface, essentially. I'm sorry. I was just picturing that. I was taking a moment. <laughs> to... And did you picture Jason? Because that's the that's the right answer. But I was picturing them like, you know, how they met, you know, like how their they... meet cute moment. Yeah. <laughs> at, yeah. Where it's like human meat is the meat that, you know, they bump into right. each other. Leatherface they're, they're both... drops a <laughs> Leatherface drops a bunch of limbs and. Because uh, he bumps into Mike Myers coming around the corner of Laurie Strode's house, and <laughs> yeah, they they both go to stab the same person and accidentally kiss. <laughs> I think is <laughs> yeah, that's uh, clearly they... what happens. Um, but yeah, and uh, I think it's funny that you mentioned that Kane is one of your favorite wrestlers. One of mine too. I think he's like in a list of gimmicks that never should have worked and never should have had the shelf life. No, no. like that was a gimmick meant to loose the Undertaker and go away forever. But he stuck around for 20 years and had an excellent career. Um, and also anyways, uh, ended up everything that I said, he stopped doing at some point. Like he took off his right. mask. He started talking like, but yeah. And then became mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. <laughs> it's true. But any, um, but uh, the actor portraying Jason in this movie is Kane Hodder, uh, arguably the most famous person to portray Jason. And this is his last performance as it Jason. Is. Yeah. yeah. He went Although out on Jason, top. I think only did one. There's only Jason Freddy versus Jason. I think was the last besides the reboot that happened a couple of years. Like, yeah, well, actually a while ago now, I think it's been quite a few years since that reboot happened, but 
But yes, yeah. But yeah, so in the in this series of uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies, this is the last last appearance of Kane Hodder, and of this timeline, also the the end of Jason, as it were, assumedly because there's not going to be any more movies made. So, <laughs> and with this uh, continuity, if you want to call it that, I mean, I don't know that that Uber Jason mask ended up in the lake on Earth too. At the That's, end of the film. So they did leave it open, you know. Um, one of the things I was reading is that I guess they shot someone picking up the mask and but didn't use that in this in the scene. It, okay. it didn't need it. You know, subtlety is really, I think, what this movie was all about. A hundred percent. This is, you know, nuance. That's it. All right. Well, we should Again, I mean the these we're we're going to I'm sure spoil it. We just spoiled the end, but uh, uh, just if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, just to to set up the plot because this is a fun plot to to attempt to recap. Uh, so you heard it a bit at the beginning. Uh, this is apparently, and at the time this was the future because uh, you know 2008 or nine or whatever they're saying had not happened at the time this movie was right, made because the movie was set. The movie was filmed in like 2002. Yeah. So it's like the near future from when it was made. But basically, it's a world where Jason uh, has been captured. Uh, you, we heard that like they tried to do various death sentences to him, which I have a lot of questions about that because one, does that mean they had a trial? And was he in the trial? Like, was he <laughs> sitting there at the defense table? Like, in, in a little suit and tie yeah still wearing the hockey mask but he's like cleaned up it's a new hockey mask like they have him looking as good as possible and he had to sit there at the defense table for the whole time he's got he's got a 56 extra long brooks brothers suit on yeah but then he stabs the bailiff so the it's a mistrial and <laughs> it took a while to actually get the conviction because he kept God, murdering Jason people goes to court that's oh, the movie Man, we are just a factory of just great ideas. And yeah, Jason goes to court. We will write that for sure. It's it writes itself. Also, can Freddy be the judge? That's the that's it. It's just somehow Freddy Krueger. It's a dream court. Look, it writes itself. We got this. Yeah, this like, we we will uh coming to theaters to you 2022. <laughs> Jason we'll see, goes to court. We'll see if Tom Cruise is willing to play, you know, the guy cross-examining uh Jason, who breaks him on the stand. <laughs> I want the truth. <laughs> anyway, so apparently they have a trial. He's convicted. I thought the law was that if they they put you to death and you don't die, that it's like they can't do it again. But maybe not. Uh, well, I guess that maybe there were enough murders that he, they could each try one. subsequently <laughs> and keep trying different ways. This is the plot of the movie. It's Jason goes to court just yeah. trial oh after God. trial. Yeah. Man, like, I, really, right. I really want to write Jason goes to court now. Uh, but, <laughs> I'm in. So much in. Uh, yeah. So then so they decide to freeze him. Uh, but, you know, greedy people. And I mean, kind of understandably, they're like, this guy can't die. If we could figure that out, you know, that'd be great. But There'd the problem is to monetize it. The problem is he just keeps stabbing people. And then uh, our protagonist, like she tries to lock him in a cryo freeze. He manages to stab her through the door. They both get frozen. We cut to, was it 2445, I think? 2455. 2455. 
445 years in the future, you know, a nice round number. (laughs) Yeah, of course, to make total sense. Uh, So now we've ruined Earth, which is a totally ridiculous plot line that would never actually happen. (laughs) That's the most ridiculous thing in this movie, quite frankly. So Earth is no longer habitable, but they have Earth 2, but they're coming to scavenge Earth and they find... Uh, the two of them, they bring them on, on board the ship. They are able to bring her back to life. Uh, and then I guess it seems like Jason has become something of a celebrity in the future. Not He's not super popular, but a, a number of people seem aware of him. And Jack they, the Ripper-esque. And there's money to be made, potentially, in ha- owning his body. So once again, the folly of greed. And uh, he comes back to life and then starts picking off everybody on... The spaceship. Yes, the real villain was Greed. Mm-hmm. And Jason. The two of them, and, really. Yeah. Yeah. And and Jason. Um, but mostly yeah, Greed. And, but mostly Greed. Yeah. Jason uh, then runs amok, killing everybody. And eventually the good guys kind of win. Yeah, but it's it's a horror movie. So like we said, they're going to tease. You can never actually beat the villain, right? Like they, they right. always have to have that last shot of um, potential that, for future. That he, there might be more. Yeah. Um, in some of the write-ups for this, I saw this movie described as a body count movie. And that's accurate. That A lot of people die in this movie. Well, I mean, yeah, depending on how you count it, because like they blow up a space station and we don't even know how many people <laughs> were on that. But like theoretically, that could have been hundreds of people that died. It in was one hundred and seventeen thousand, I think, actually. Is that really what there's, they said? There's actually a statistic I found. Oh, yeah, wow. 107. <laughs> so. Yeah, that um, that is the. Uh, but not counting that, so I feel like even for most slasher movies, I feel like we always think there are more deaths in slasher movies than there actually are. With this movie, there are lots and lots of deaths. Yes. Because there's about 12 or so people plus in the cast, and all but two make it. So Well, then also people die in that opening scene. Right, uh, including David Cronenberg. <laughs> Which I knew that was gonna, we were going to get to that eventually. But yeah, David Cronenberg... Plays the greedy scientist who wants to keep Jason alive because he's well. Also, I mean that's fair because we said it's about money, but it's also could just because he's Cronenberg, right? I can't like, kill no. this monster. That's the opposite of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess he did the cameo because he was friends with the writer or like the the writer men- he mentored the writer when he was like first coming up in Hollywood so he did it as a favor he's like yeah I'll do it as long as I get killed really quickly and <laughs> he did yeah yeah nail- I mean nailed it that uh, was a day on set tops I mean oh he was there less than Harrison Ford was in uh, Rise of Skywalker but to his to Cronenberg's credit he put on the lab coat so he wore more of a costume than <laughs> Harrison Ford did in Rise of Skywalker and he acted and you know he did the thing and yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, there's no sugarcoating that this is not a good movie. No, it's definitely not a good. I mean, I don't like. I would love to meet the person who heard the pitch that Jason goes to space and was optimistic that it was gonna be great. Yeah. I. I mean, I get why it. They made it. Like. Oh, like, I'm happy. That they- what else haven't we done? <laughs> I'm happy that they made it like I for sure, because I mean, the only thing that would have bummed me out more is if the 10th 
uh, Jason movie was just him still at Camp Crystal Lake, just like killing a new set of teenagers. Definitely change it up somehow. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, this is, it is pretty low budget, but not like embarrassingly low budget. It has no, rec- the most recognizable actor in the whole movie is David Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, and I, I couldn't tell you another thing that anyone in this, and I just, I didn't really go too much of a deep dive in any of the IMDb's, but I didn't recognize hardly anybody in this. Well, okay. So there is one. Uh, since you brought it up and, uh, sorry, I did, I'm trying to pull it up as I talk, but, uh, because the guy who played, he was like the future military general, uh, Sergeant Brodsky. Okay. He, I recognize. Yeah. So he, cause I had that watching this where I was like, why did I know that guy? And that's the actor's name is Peter Mensa. He is very recognizable as the messenger in the movie 300. (laughs) So if you think about 300. That, oh, okay. Yeah. So the one that gets kicked into the well. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, because I like, I just saw his face and I was like, I know this guy. And it was part of it was like, because he kind of looks like Tony Todd. But I was like, that's not he it. He does look a little bit like Tony Todd. Yeah. But uh, which would have made, you know, I mean, obviously Tony Todd is a horror guy. So, but I, but I knew it wasn't him. But I was like, why, why do I recognize this guy? Uh, but yeah, he's, he's the guy who gets kicked. This is Sparta. He's on the receiving okay. end of this. Is He's Sparta. on the receiving end of the this is Sparta kick. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> okay. So that's it, though. Um, no, no one else in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily for this movie, and is that it doesn't take itself like it knows the what movie it's in. Like every, the director knows what type of movie he's making, and everybody knows what type of movie they're in. I feel like. I will say, I think the movie. I I think the tone was part of the problem because, and you know, I mean, this is no surprise to anyone who's listened to our previous shows. Obviously, my instinct is I want them to lean into the ridiculousness of this idea. And I think they did that at times, but it wasn't consistent. Like, I would have just leaned into how ridiculous it is that Jason Voorhees is in space. And I think half of the movie takes the idea seriously and then half of it... Uh, and ma- more towards the end, it gets more ridiculous, which I like the end better than the first half. <laughs> yeah, like the if every part if the movie was all as ridiculous as the return to Crystal Lake scene. Yeah, no, that part. Like that's that's yeah. the right tone for this movie. Yeah. And it, it hit me, too, because like some of the dialogue is it's almost like Freddy Krueger like and like they're trying to do puns and stuff. But then it's so inconsistent that there's uh, literally there's one scene where. You know, the they're sending their like military guys, you know, the team to like take down Jason and he's picking them off one by one and he picks up one of the people and throws him on a giant like screw like drill oh, uh, and the guy's like gutted through it and his teammate, she finds him and they're like radioing in and they're like, you know, what's the status on whatever the guy's name is? And she goes, he's screwed. And it was like. That's really weird and unprofessional to say about your friend. Like, and, and it's said and treated like this is a thing that happens enough that they know exactly what she means. <laughs> yeah, there's no follow up to like what like he's in trouble. Like, no, that's it's it's yeah. yeah, it's played as if that is a verb that's used when a guy falls on a giant. <laughs> when someone gets impaled by a giant simple machine screw. Yeah, like classic. 
Ah, he got screwed. Um, if you want to take this as an attempt to make a good movie, which I don't submit that it is, uh, it was wildly inconsistent with like what's still the same in the future and what's different, which is these are the wrong things to be maligning about this movie. I'm yeah. going to put that out there right well, now. It's but... also, I did love because the early 2000s are such a specific era for fashion. And it was really funny to see that in 2455 that everybody dresses like the early 2000s. Uh, I really appreciated that. But yeah, everyone feels like, you know, it does not feel like 400 years have passed. Like sometimes like she'll mention stuff and they'll be like, I don't know what that is. But then most of the time they talk and act and look exactly like people their age from from the early 2000s. Yeah, I was uh, as as a history nerd, I kind of looked into it and I was like, all right. So 455 years ago was the 15 was the mid 1500s, roughly. Uh and as an English speaker, you would be able to communicate with other English speakers, but it would be a little difficult. Yeah, no, of course. It, yeah. it would be it would be imperfect. Um, whereas these people were talking. I mean, I don't I don't want this movie to try to f- fix that loophole. No, I, like I, that's not the, that's not what I want. But. But, yeah, there were moments where uh, the the lead actress who was survived in cryostasis with a gaping uh, knife machete wound in her stomach. Um, she says she picks up a giant gun and is like, oh, it's like riding a bike. And someone's like, what's a bike? Yeah. But also the gun is still, uh, she can understand how to operate the gun. The gun from 400 years in the future looks enough like a gun from now and works enough like one, but they don't have bicycles. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, just other things like how unbelievably horny some of the people in the cast were. <laughs> yeah, just like early like on. This one couple starts making out next to Jason. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very hedonistic. The The professor, like, is he's got some uh, very specific kinks that he's, like, you know, having acted out. Early. He's in the nipple play. Yeah. Uh, and But uh, there's also just, like, a general problem with... so. You know, the plot needs the person from our era to she gets stabbed in the stomach, but she can be brought back. Obviously, Jason can just come back, whatever. Sometimes they can bring people back to life. But then a lot of the people in the the movie are just stabbed. And you would think with their technology that they could bring them back. But in this movie reality, they're dead. Right. And. That just feels incorrect. Yeah, like, maybe they like maybe they didn't have time. Like if they played it that way, or yeah. no, I think you could have addressed that. That yeah, that like basically you're on a spaceship. They need to escape. They're they're they under normal circumstances could revive these people, but they can't because uh, you know they're being hunted by Jason. I think that we we all. But yeah, it's just the rules never made a lot of sense of what would get you killed and what wouldn't. Yeah, um, because the reason that uh the the lead is able to survive is because of, or brought back is because of nanotechnology. Now here's something I think was a missed opportunity in this movie is uh, eventually Jason becomes Uber Jason because of the nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. And like, why not have uh, the lead actress be like the pinnacle of human perfection now that she's brought back and have her sort of be the action lead a little bit. 
just yeah. to establish that the nano nanites make you they rebuild you they make you stronger yeah go you know? like demolition man with it that, right that you actually yeah you're not it doesn't just make you because that isn't explained and of course you know to kind of mirror what you were saying about maligning the wrong things it's not that i need a detailed explanation as to why uh you know jason gets super shreddered up at the end but yeah maybe just like that's the thing is it it doesn't just make you as you were it makes you the peak of what you could be right like it just that seems like a missed opportunity um but this is like I don't know. I feel like if you're going to watch this movie, you know what movie you're watching. You're not watching this to see the original Halloween or even the original Friday the 13th. You're watching Jason go to space. Yeah. Um, And I will like just while we're maligning things, the one thing that I will say that did really bother me, too, that I don't want to forget is um, this is I, I think if I read correctly, I think this is the first Jason movie to do it. But they really lean into like uh, computer generated effects for you know, when he's stabbing people. So it's not, you know, in the previous films, it was much more practical, the effects. Yeah, and it's, this a lot of, it's mostly CGI gore. Yeah, like, and and the CGI gore in this, does, you know, it, it's not good. No, and any gore that doesn't get on a person is completely CGI. Yeah. Like, they didn't, they, there was no, like, fake, there wasn't a significant amount of, like, fake blood on set or... But they have, like, you know, like, people get split, like, people get beheaded or sort of, like, he cleaves down a guy at one point, and it all looks very computer-generated and not good. Yeah, it's it looks, it's it's pretty cheap. It looks as bad as the video game scene in the movie, which is really bad CGI. <laughs> yes. And I felt okay about it once they revealed it was a video game, but I was like, this is... Oof. I, I I mean, you know, like, I think the Xboxes now have better uh, oh, for sure. technology sure than that, they had 400 years in the future. And I'm sure that, uh, like, I haven't played around with any, like, the Oculus stuff, but I'm sure that's even more uh, real, realistic than some of the stuff we saw. Oh, sure. I remember when, when I was watching that scene, I'm like, what, they're, like, demon monsters now, too? What the hell? Now Jason's yeah. killing the, oh, it's a CG, it's a video game. Okay. All right. It was also the logic of that was weird because I get, you know, obviously we've all seen Star Trek. Like we understand the concept of like a holodeck or whatever. Like I understand a room that can just seem like it's CGI. But what was weird is it was revealed that the two guys that were in there were actually sitting down. So like they had avatars of them that were moving around. But so right. like I don't actually know what how that worked for them. In the reality, like if, if it was like the movie Avatar, you know, and they they sat there and then their, you know, CGI self moved around. But it was very weird that reveal that that yeah, wasn't like, them. Maybe it was like the uh, the fighting game episode of Black Mirror where you it's like just taps into your prefrontal cortex and you experience it. Yeah. But you don't actually like move around. What well, also seems not at all like Jason doesn't seem affected by whatever's happening to them because he just moves around. Right. But he also sees everything that's happening. It's it's weird yeah, and it, dumb. Yeah, it's and it, bad. It's the one logical flaw in the whole movie is that they the didn't. only <laughs> logical flaw in this movie. Um, so, yeah, so I think I mean, I don't know. I think. I think we know why this movie's maligned. It's it's sh shoddily made, shabbily made. I don't know. It's it seemed like it wasn't it seems like they didn't do a lot of take twos. 
No, no. But I, you know what, though? I do want to give them credit because they do actually offer an explanation for a lot of what we're bringing up. And I, so I want to give the movie credit because th- I think there was a line of dialogue that cleared up a lot of these things that we're nitpicking on. Jason fucking Voorhees, that's what's going on. So, okay. Yeah. I think that explains it. <laughs> God, if you had played Let's Motorboat the Son of a Bitch, I think I would have <laughs> lost it. <laughs> that was the pitch meeting that they had. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to pivot to the silver linings for this movie. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I I I think that's it. Like, I, yeah, I think I'm ready. I think because the the malign the malignance of this movie is so obvious. It's so it's yeah. No, it's um, it's the tenth Jason movie, and they put it in space. Yeah. So that that's that's it. That's what's wrong with the movie. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it counts as a silver lining, but this movie is incredibly fast paced. And I mean that in a good way. Oh, yeah. No, it's not boring. Like, it's it's very watchable in the way that it's paced. Because uh, I remember, like, I remember watching it and I just, you know, paused it to see, you know, see how much time was left. And uh, like already 40 minutes or only 40 minutes ago, I'm like, wow, a ton has happened like that. I didn't feel like I've been sitting here watching 40 minutes of the movie. And I feel like when a movie feels like it's taking less time than it's actually taken, that's always a good thing. Yeah. And I mean, it's the movie's like an hour and a half for the runtime. Right. It's a short movie, too. And they pack a lot into (laughs) that time. Yeah. Like they don't really stop to catch their breath and not in a way that like is detrimental to the movie. Like Jason's an unstoppable killing machine. So they don't stop ever yeah he's not going to he's not gonna stop yeah it's the one of the many things he has in common with miley cyrus i also stop by the way this is neither uh maligning or a silver lining of the thing but uh do you think jason Voorhees? what you like because obviously they play it that a cgi camp crystal lake tricks him what does he think is happening the whole movie? Like, does he know where he is? <laughs> I I hadn't thought about that. Um, it's all I thought about. When I- <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Um, especially because he's not regular Jason anymore. He's uber Jason. So he's like super futuristic Jason. Well, but at the end, certainly. But yeah, just even like when he first wakes up, because he was frozen for 400 years. No one explains to him. That no. the time has passed. So, unless he was listening to the people that were talking while they're making out next to him, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe he got it from them. Uh, this just actually reminded me of one more thing I did want to malign about this movie. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the costuming. Mm-hmm. All those outfits looked real itchy. Yeah, <laughs> like it was all like wool and you know like fibrous, and it's just looked real itchy and i'm like ah if that's the future i'm glad i live in the present they didn't look like good space clothes either no like because they're all on a spaceship the whole movie and like granted okay maybe a few hundred years from now we're so good at space travel that you can wear whatever but they don't like just if you think about like what you would wear on a plane you know that you just want to dress for comfort you know right yeah so so there's definitely that but yeah so that aside though uh i mean i think we already said um you know like the the final the swan song performance 
uh, of Jason. Of Kane Voorhees. Hodder. Yeah. And Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's really great. I mean, he's good at playing this character. Like, I, I think he does a good job, uh, you know, because I do think that it's difficult. You have to inject a lot of personality into a character uh, that doesn't yeah. speak. And little things like the fact that he never blinked when his eyes were on camera. Yeah. You know, like that's your eyes blink involuntarily for the most part, and you have to be really conscious of it. Uh, and so that that adds to the creepiness, I think. And especially because you can see the eyes so clearly the way the mask is shaped. And Yeah, uh, so that was good. I mean, Uber Jason is a silver lining for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like... like I get why they felt they had to put that in the trailer, but man, if they hadn't, whew. yeah, yeah, because it's a good because basically, uh, and, and this kind of leads into another silver lining for me too. Uh, but they they do a good job of there's the KM14 character, uh, and she she's like an android uh, who they she's like the ship artificial intelligence the ship artificial intelligence she has no nipples they the movie would like us to know. <laughs> Uh, but uh, she gets an upgrade. And she gets an upload. An upload, the- yeah. And she's able to uh, basically leave very little of uh, original flavor, Jason. Right. Uh, you know, he's she incapacitates him, but like he lands perfectly onto the the thing that can bring him back, and then uh, the the nanobots, the nanites, whatever. Um, they, that's when they make him into Uber Jason. Right. Uh, but yeah, she, she kind of kicks his ass and they they all try to flee. Uh, but yeah, he comes back. It's also great. I mean, like the the nanobots, they make his hockey mask <laughs> like they they I don't know if they think that that's part of his face, but they they improve it as well. Yeah, know? they improve. It's the best left talked about that, the better, because I think we just have to accept that the nanites made Uber Jason and, and he he's was super awesome. swole too. Oh, he is yoked. Yeah. And so, you know, and then so he's chasing them down. He seems to be able to, to maneuver pretty well in the void of space when he's like outside of the ship, which happens a few times. Um, and then I mean, he's an unstoppable killing machine. So, he, so he's very unstoppable as a killing machine. Uh, and yeah, so he's he's still chasing them down as Uber Jason. They're trying to get off of their ship and onto a rescue ship. Because their ship, as we alluded to, completely destroys uh, the station that they were supposed to land at. Right, because Jason kills the pilot, and no one realizes that the pilot is dead. And yeah, and somehow they destroy the entire space station, but their ship is damaged but fine. Yeah, it, the space station, in their defense, seemed Hindenburg-esque in its ability yeah. to blow up at the slightest of off landing because I, I think about all the times that i've driven cars into buildings and which is like 30 or 40 at this time at this point right i lost count but yeah. something that sounds right yeah um and usually my car couple dings building demolished yeah every single time <laughs> um they've rebuilt the harris teeter near my house four times because of me bumping into it just grazing it a little bit they've asked you so politely to stop going there yeah, I mean, but it's the closest store, and sometimes you just need a gallon of milk. <laughs> Which you never get because you blow up all the milk. I know, it's <laughs> it's a vicious cycle, and I should try to break out of it, but here we are. Uh, but yeah, uh, I 
I so I, I kind of alluded to it. I enjoyed uh, Lisa Ryder's KM fourteen character. I did too. Yes, yeah. she was fun. She was a fun character. Yeah. Um, I liked her little uh, playing possum bit mm-hmm. where she comes up and she's like looking all badass, like bullet belts, you know, BFGs, like she's like ready to kill. Um, and then Jason just like one shots her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then and it's like okay, that's funny. But then the fact that she was playing possum and sort of gets. Jason's come up and was like, "All right, that's also very cool." Yeah. No. Um, I thought Peter Mensa as Brodsky was a badass. Yeah, yeah, and like the the end, uh, him kind of saving the day was very enjoyable. Yeah, because um, the other two survivors, uh, Rowan and the science guy and the head of KM fourteen, uh, they get to the escape pod for the other ship but then they see jason like flying at them <laughs> and brodsky comes at the last second to like swipe him away and then uh is able to maneuver them so they enter earth 2's atmosphere and burn up except for jason's mask. updated uber hockey mask which lands in the lake we've now we've now f- completely described all 100 you know one hour and 30 minutes of the film right all, all 94 minutes of this film <laughs> are now known to you um i thought the murders were fun i mean like you kind of like when you're watching this movie like the violence is part of it yeah like oh i by the way i, I do want to give a shout out to uh the their approximation i i thought this was a solid bit that they're trying to recreate uh camp crystal lake to fool jason and they try to create 1980s uh like jason victims and it's just these two women that are just talking about how uh they love sex and drugs and are offering them (laughs) they want to smoke drugs and have premarital sex yeah and they're just very robotic in their dialogue and then he murders them both very quickly but that that did actually legit crack me up there well the, and the fact that he just he like wraps them in their sleeping bag and just bashes them against a tree like that's well he's actually i think at first he beats he one has with the other one with the other in their sleeping bag but yeah uh but yeah that was a good yeah the, and in general like you know definitely i've seen better more inventive kills i oh you know which one was good though if you like this kind of thing is when he I think it's the first one in the spaceship where he manages to freeze oh, yeah. the woman's head and then like shatters it. Yeah, he in a in a like a in dry ice and then or liquid nitrogen or whatever and then the special effects are poor, but that was It was a cool idea. It was a cool idea. Um I kinda liked in the it's like when they first come upon Frozen Jason and Frozen Rowan. Uh, and when Jason's, uh, fro- you know, cryogenically frozen corpse, like slides, like falls forward and cuts the dude's arm off. Like, I thought that was fun. Yeah. Which, again, goes into the murkiness of because he's able to get another arm. So, like, right. what they can and can't fix. But, yeah. No, that was a good bit. Um, yeah. I mean, some of them pretty good stuff, you know. Yeah. I mean, this movie, you know what you're getting into and it's fun. Um I think if you're a fan of this genre, you've probably already seen it. And if you're not a fan of the genre, don't bother, but it's fun. I mean, I don't know. I I, I enjoyed those 94 minutes of watching this Bananas movie. Yeah. No, I mean, they sent Jason to space. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
you know, I, it's definitely campy and silly, but it, it knows that. I also did see, we haven't talked about the fact that apparently their model or like the an inspiration for this movie was the movie Alien, which is just funny to me because I can both see that and also go, really? <laughs> right, because they... It's it's almost like they read the Wikipedia synopsis of Alien. <laughs> yeah, someone told them about the movie Alien, and then they were like, "We got it." Like, okay, yeah. Well, we're gonna nail this. <laughs> um, I'll tell you one thing that I was expecting to not enjoy about the movie, but I actually, in retrospect, thought it was the right call. Is because um, obviously one of the things like when the movie came out, they're like, "Oh, he's only Uber Jason for like the last ten minutes." I think it was the right call watching the movie. I like that he only did it for the end. I think if he'd been the whole movie as Uber Jason, it would have taken away a little bit personally yeah no i think it's right i you know because again it it's playing into you know in a normal not the 10th movie in the franchise you have that moment where you you think you've defeated the villain and then his body is missing or you know like he got up he did his zombie sit up and right. he's still coming at you so this is their version of that, you know, which is usually like the last 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. It's like the one final, no, JK, you thought you got him, but you didn't. And right. so in this movie, they they build him up. But yeah, I think it would have, if you hung around too long with Uber Jason, it would have been diminishing returns. It, it sold the idea at a time when they were at a ticking clock. We have to get off this ship. Uh, he's now, he already was an unstoppable killing machine. We've been very clear about that. But now he's super unstoppable. He's the unstoppableist. And I think it sold the that final, you know, Brodsky fight like charge against him. Like it it took burning him up in the Earth's atmosphere. That's how powerful Uber Jason was sold as being. Right. No, I think I think it was I like because when you saw Uber Jason in the trailer. Because I remember watching the, the the trailer for this movie 20 years ago or 18 years ago, whatever it was. Um, and things like, okay, that makes perfect sense. He's now like Space Mutant Jason. Like that tracks 100%. And then I found out he was only it for like just the end. I was like, oh, that's probably a bummer. But no, it was not a bummer. I was I was happy that he was... I thought they, that was a rare bit of restraint by the filmmakers in this movie that I think paid off. I, I'm a little disappointed in machete technology 400 years from now. It doesn't really seem like they were able to improve it that much. God, that this is also one of my big chuckles in this movie. Oh, the, he just wants his machete back? <laughs> he just wants his machete. It's fine. No, he just wanted his machete back. We're good. I like it because that guy is meant to be probably the smartest person on the ship up until that point. He's their professor. Right. And he is that dumb when confronted with Jason. Yeah, it's that was delightful. It's like, oh, he just wanted his machete. <laughs> now he's just unstoppable. No longer a killing machine. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was good stuff. I mean, the professor was he was that guy was pretty good at just being like very weaselly. Like, yeah. I mean, he was definitely the uh, Paul Reiser from Aliens character. Yeah, which also we all remember the scene where Paul Reiser in the movie Alien got his nipples played with for like five minutes. Yeah, that's in the it's in the director's cut. So if yet if you're not if that's not ringing a bell, yeah, it's the it's the James Cameron director's cut. Which it's nice because it's Helen Hunt that they got for that yeah. scene. So it's actually canonically uh, considered to be part of the Mad About You universe. 
so it's also part of the friends universe and <laughs> you know it's 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 canon it's all part yeah and it's also yeah. happening inside the little boy's head and saying elsewhere <laughs> it all goes back to him you <laughs> him and richard belzer yeah so so there you go i i think we did it man and I, I, no i think we definitely did i thought that i had i had fun watching this movie uh wasn't scary at all. But no, I had fun watching this movie. No, it's not. Yeah, it's it's too silly to be scary. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely. Yeah, it, it's not suspenseful at all. But it's fun, and it's yeah. You know it it executed its premise of Jason being in space. You know, yeah well, it it delivered the promise on the box. Yeah, or I guess another way to put it would be we motorboat the son of a bitch. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why... There's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network.